Welcome to Connected at the Roots, a Big Forest podcast that talks about Midwestern values, character, and camaraderie through the lens of business. I'm Jordan Harms from Big Forest, and over here is some guy. I wandered into the studio, the door was open. I'm not leaving. Well, want to help me produce this episode? <sighs> Fine. What's your name? My name is Chris. Our guest today is Dan Vincent. He is the founder and owner of Kaleo Coaching, based out of St. Peter's, Missouri. Dan is a life coach, entrepreneur, and former pastor and seminary graduate. He is also a world traveler. Yes, indeed. We had the good pleasure of recording this episode at Good News Brewing Company again, right after we recorded the uh, Dan Trip episode, actually. Yep. And of course, being in Defiance, Missouri, we were just enthralled with the environment. Quite good, quite good. Quite yes, good, yes, yes. In this episode, we talk about Dan's struggles, his triumphs, all the good stuff, and his vision for the future as both a citizen and as a business owner. He's got good advice for both. Um, he's the sort of person with a magnetic personality that you just feel drawn to. He's a hard worker, a dedicated visionary, and the sort of guy who lifts up those around him, including us. Um, experience just oozes out of this guy, <laughs> in which the best way. I'm sure he's thrilled that I just used that verb. <laughs> and I'm not sorry if you're listening, Dan. I'm not sorry. You should be grateful. <laughs> Dan Vincent, thank you for being on the show with us. Jordan. I appreciate the invitation. Of course. It's awesome. And we're, uh, as Chris pointed out before we started recording, we're round two at the uh, Defiance location of Good News because we were already set up oh, and the yeah. Dan's know each other. The Dan's. So um, I think a few more people have sat down since the last episode. So you might hear some more talking in the right. background, but just ignore yeah. them. I'm yeah, interested the, in the, the sun is lowering. <laughs> The weather is stabilizing. It feels a little more like autumn than it did when we were with Dan. That's Trip, true. So. That's true. But it, we are here again in Defiance. Still, I guess technically we are still in yes. beautiful, scenic Defiance, Missouri, and it is awesome, <sighs> breathtaking. <laughs> so, Dan, tell us about yourself. Introduce yourself. Um, what do you do? What are you doing now? Yeah, uh, my name's Dan Vincent. I'm from St. Charles. I consider myself from St. Charles. I wasn't born in Missouri, but. Oh. Sixth grade through high school was in St. Charles, just down the road at Francis Howell. Awesome. Yeah. Right, right down the so, road from here. Graduated in 01 as a Viking. Youngster. And uh, yeah, went away for college, went to Kentucky, um, spent a few years in Tennessee. So after I graduated high school, I kind of went on this uh, travel, you know, binge traveling sure. from yeah. college, got married halfway through college. Which is ah, pretty young. Got classic. Married, yeah. Got married at 20. Is that classic? Like <laughs> I the don't classic know. It seems like do? a lot of people are like, I went to college and found my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't find her at college, oh. but we went to the same college and uh, we decided to get married uh, halfway through college. Wow. Bold had move, a, Cotton. Had our first child during the last year of college. Whoa. Sounds like my parents. And... Um, so I've been married for 17 and a half years almost. Nice. Um, Going wow. on the big 2-0. Congratulations. Yeah. You're pushing 20. Yeah, that's that's right. It's getting close. Two decades. And um, yeah, we've got three kids. Um, so so I'd mentioned, you know, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky was in school for mm-hmm. five years. Um, that fifth year, you know, when you get married and you have kids, it kind of slows that yeah, four-year sure. track around, <laughs> down a little bit. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, went to Nashville, Tennessee for a few years. 
Okay. Uh, went to Brazil from there for a year. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Didn't know that. Went to Buffalo, New York from there for a f- for three years. Oh, my gosh. And then back in 2012, like uh, moved back to my hometown. And so we've been back ever since. So this is the longest place uh, we've ever lived at as a married couple. And so while it was... You know, I had changed a lot, obviously, the last time I was here, other than coming home for Christmas, et cetera. Um, I was an 18-year-old high school grad coming home with a, you know, 11 years later with a family yeah. of five. Wow. And a lot of travel <laughs> and experience under my belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was a little different for me, but for the most part, pretty familiar. And, and I consider this place home. Yeah. I like how you call it Louisville, which is like. A clear sign that you live there. You don't call it Louisville. That's, That's what we correct. call it. That's correct. <laughs> That's pretty great. There Did might you... be somebody from Kentucky who still thinks I might be saying it wrong. So I like that. Probably. Right, son. I'll receive. That's all right. You identify as a St. Charlesite. <laughs> That's correct. That yeah, what are we correct. even called? St. Charlesians? I don't know. Ugh. Missourians. But this is home. <laughs> yeah. Call it home. This is home for me, for sure. Okay. So great. what do you, do you, so I know that you own a business, um, at least one. At least one <laughs> that I'm aware of. <laughs> just one. And I know, capitalist. okay, just one. Yeah, and I know that uh, this has been a weird year for everyone, but um, what is what would you consider your current business right now? What oh, do you man. do? So, so, yeah, so the last three years I've been directing this nonprofit as my full-time uh, vocation. Uh-huh. It's called Kids Against Hunger St. Peter's. Uh, a lot of people are participate either through their school or their church or their business, package meals on these assembly lines. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and our organization works mostly in Haiti. And so oh, I spent wow. the last few years, you know, fundraising and doing these events and traveling to Haiti and delivering humanitarian aid and doing all these things. How often do you travel there, you think? Yeah. Or did you travel there? So I, it's hard to answer that question now because the last year and a half has not looked sure, normal. Sure, sure. Um, At its peak, though, I, oh, ideally, COVID. ideally two to three times per year. Um, wow, you know, that's shipping a lot. two yeah. to two to three uh, containers a year. It's mm. all based on how many events. And how long is a visit? Uh, three, four or five days. Okay, okay. They're, so it's not pretty, like a super long stay. Pretty logistics yeah. driven. We're really right. going down there. I mean, we do send teams down there <laughs> for longer. Sure. Projects and more, things. more like an in a person installed who's like working there. Yeah, yeah. a person yeah. or a team like yeah, a church would sure. take a mission trip or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. When I go down there, it's because I had shipped a container. Mm-hmm. Containers arrived in port. It's cleared customs, and then I go down and receive it out of customs, sure. and then we oh, hand customs. deliver. We hand deliver the food. Yeah. To the organizations that we partner with, and so. When we facilitate events, we say, hey, it's 30 cents for each meal, uh, but that's to pack, ship, and deliver each meal into Haiti. So 30 cents. There is no dark hole of charity that, that uh-huh. the funds go into. You can participate in packing it. We oversee the shipping. Right. And so I've I learned a lot about logistics. That's great. Now, you know where the money's shipping. going directly, though. And then we also follow the food to country and ensure that it gets delivered to the organizations Excellent. that we support. It sounds like you actually care about, you know, the people and uh, doing some good work. <laughs> right. Almost like you're not just trying to make a buck off this of it. Doesn't sound like, this doesn't sound like right. a scam. Yeah. But <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've been able to take volunteers with us. I've had people come up oh, to wow. me at an event and say, hey, this is amazing. Uh, I'd love to go to Haiti mm-hmm. and see what it's like. And, and I'll say, 
are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And they say, well, yeah, I had this a one, lot of need there. To I had put this it one college age guy who was like, yeah, I've never been out of the country and I've never, I'd love to see it's it. A heck and of I a said, place to pick to go for I your said, first well, time. Get that passport. Yeah. I said, you, you, you cover your plane ticket. I'll cover your everything else. And, uh-huh. uh, and I'm leaving in a month. And, and he actually, he actually came with us. Amazing. And, a month. Uh, yeah. On a, on a month. Did notice. he come back? He came back. Okay. He's like, I'm going to live here. He came back. We, we took him on an adventure, but, uh, okay. That's really cool. Good. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's to finish the question. That's been the last few years, Uh but COVID obviously has, um, really, uh, put a, put a stop to a, a lot of things. And so along the way, over the last few years, I started this coaching business, Kaleo coaching, uh, where I'm just, you know, similar to really your all's passion and passionate about building people up to this good idea of like, what does a good work look like? Like, what, what does it look like if I'm not just paying my bills, but I'm actually doing something that is contributing to this larger story in our world? What yeah. does that look like? Absolutely. And so um, there's a, a, a favorite New Testament verse of mine that encourages people that when you get together, consider ways to stir one another up to love and good works. And so I, I came across that many years ago and, um, and I thought that's it. That's what, you know, that, that kind of affirmed a lot of why I was frustrated in certain situations and why I had moved on from other situations and why I had fallen in love with coaching. And when I came across that and I was listening to somebody teach about that text specifically, and the way they taught it, it, it just really clarified for me, that's what I need to be doing. Sure. I need to be finding ways to stir people to the good work that they're called to. So I created a coaching business to do just that. And, um, and I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach, so I'm a big fan of the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Um, I'm a fan of a few assessments, but that one's my, my favorite in particular. And, um, and so I just started finding ways to, to, to get out and and. and promote that and kind of as a side gig. Uh, But when COVID hit, um, uh, you know, my my new coaching business was still kind of a side thing. So it didn't necessarily impact a whole lot with that. Even though, as you guys know, I was was putting on an event the weekend (laughs) COVID hit. How could we forget, Dan? It's almost like we were there. How That's could right. we forget? It, it, the world was slowly, I, yeah. so how many quietly people, shutting had, down. How many people like sign up to go versus how many people came? I had 50-some tickets purchased. Yeah. And I think it was like 38. Right. That, that sounds came. about right. And it was a there pretty was a, good crowd. It was. For it was, the space was we were in, it was a good crowd. crowd. I would have loved those extra 20-plus yeah, people. Yeah, we had a good time. Um, I remember. Know? I mean, it was like, because I remember talking to you ahead of time, like, are we still going through with this? Like, I'm game if you're game, and you're like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. People, I'll, I'll put six chairs to a table instead of eight or something like yeah. that. And, we, like, <laughs> that'll make people feel more comfortable, but I think there's a lot of good stuff that has to be said by our speakers, and I just want to make it happen. Yeah. Plus, yeah. all the food is already paid for. <laughs> and I was I like, know. all right. That's so right. we came, and the food was definitely worth it we were prepping gear and (laughs) and, uh, the day before i was like jordan we still doing this yeah and he was like yeah he danced i was about to leave town that day that night or the day (laughs) yeah i was like it was day let's do it dude had we not done it that weekend you would have been toast happened it would have happened i went to utah game over and i flew there but drove back because everything closed down it was really good though i mean (laughs) it was such a good time one of my keynotes kind of mentioned to me on the side 
uh, I think I, w- I was probably saying something like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Because <laughs> at that moment, we were so yes, unaware. It was yeah. so new. That was it true. was so new. Yes. And, and, and I, naturally, especially Midwesterners, we were like, come on. Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're like the tornadoes. Yeah, we go outside and watch My tornadoes was, for fun. I was so much <laughs> looking forward to this event. This was like a dream of mine. Yes. And so I was wow. probably taking an overly optimistic view yeah given the i know the, we were we were like we were, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, we were like sure one, one of my speakers she kind of <laughs> waved me over and she was like things are going to shut down monday and i was like no way and You're she like, goes whatever no, no, no. Let, tell, listen to me i already know it's <laughs> yeah happened. it just hasn't been announced yet. Oh my so gosh. she was kind of in the know oh in that's the, yeah. in the community that's spooky and so i was like are you for real she's like Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, okay. I'm glad we pulled this off this Yeah, week. that's right. It was yeah. worth it. Act and of that, God, that event man. was called the Good Works event. It was called right? a Good yeah. Work event, and it was all about uh, bringing people in who are in a variety of different vocations. We had a Marine. Uh, we had a young financial coach who had her who left education to start her own coaching business. Uh, we had a nonprofit leader in the community. We had a university professor. We had a chiropractor. Oh so, yeah. It was all. I mean, you this had a was, brewer. We had a brewer. <laughs> Dan Trip was this, there. <laughs> this was my goal: was to bring. I want these people specifically that are not in like ministry vocations, right? Because cool. it feels like such a faith conversation. Yeah. That I didn't want to bring in like the token. But it doesn't have to be the like, token yeah. pastors oh, to come right. talk about. I yeah. wanted to bring in people that were in the world citizens that had gone through these decision-making opportunities of what they're going to do um uh, similar to the act one act two act three yes framework that had gone through that and who who, but also have this high sense of awareness of i'm not just a marine i'm leading people and investing in changing people's lives yeah i'm not just a university professor i'm shaping you know, students' minds right. and hearts and, yeah. you know what I mean? People that yeah. have that higher understanding. And Absolutely. so I, I simply invited them to come. Dan Tripp, you know, he's not just an entrepreneur. He, he There's a larger motive behind right. his as passion. He, as he would business. put it, he considers himself a, probably a teacher, first and foremost, even like he said. Yeah. Even though he makes Absolutely. beer and pizza yeah. and coffee, really he's passionate about, uh, like, community, you know, and yeah. bringing people Absolutely. together. Yeah. And, and he has a unique opportunity to create in those environments that foster that through hospitality yes, and through yeah, food. Absolutely. And, and these are all very spiritual things and very impactful, they are. impactful modes of serving people. Um, but you know, on the surface it's, it's all, he started a restaurant. Oh no, yeah. no, no, no. He didn't just start a restaurant. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, it's a greater, a greater yeah. calling, a greater yeah. cause. Yep. Absolute purpose. And, and so when I get together with him and when I get together with you guys and other people, uh, my primary objective is, man, how can we build each other up? How can we keep pressing on? And so I brought, invited these people to come in and I simply said, tell your stories. People need to hear what you did that, that, uh, that ignited that passion, what you did that failed and that sucked and that made you change your mind and that made you stop. But then what happened that made you keep going and restart? That's what people need to hear because the way I grew up was through a a youth group. And it said, if you're, you know, for me, this is my story. You're called to be a pastor. Uh, Well, when you do that, you go to a seminary. Like, all right, I'll go. I went to a seminary. Is that Louisville? In Louisville. All right, you go, you get your degree, and then you throw out your applications to the church. Okay, 
I'll do that. And then so many things started to happen yeah. differently than that than that kind of cookie cutter plan. And surprise, um, surprise, yeah. yeah, surprise, surprise. Wow. <laughs> and so then you know, long long story short, a, a lot of things in my mind because of my part, the way I participated in ministry with overseas missions and local church ministry, um, and, and, and kind of new passions that stirred up in me. Uh, it really caused me to uh, view those types of conversations differently and in terms of being a part of this bigger story uh, that I believe we're all a part of. The New Testament refers to it as a, as a kingdom of sorts, right? Yeah. right? And so being an active participant in this kingdom, it, it looks a little bit differently than that you know, formatted of, oh, well, you... You go here and then you check that and then yes. you go there. Oh, uh, yeah. The, then, the routine. Or you go and you get a regular job. And so there was this kind of divide of like, right. well, there's these jobs that actually make impact and lead people. And then there's regular jobs. And so growing up, I was like, no, I don't want a regular job. Yeah. But, but as that's I've gotten big, older. That's the big facade, the yeah. regular job. Yeah. It as doesn't I've gotten matter. older, I've realized that there's no such thing. Exactly. Like, like oh you're, yeah. You're called, you're, there's a great analogy I heard recently. I think my wife was telling me about this, but in in a book um, that she was reading, uh, it used the analogy of of like a uh, a telescope or, or uh, uh, I can't, can't think. Of, remember if it's a telescope or a microscope? But essentially, <laughs> it's a our, scope. Essentially, our work here is supposed to shine a light, and it might only shine a small light, uh-huh. but it offers a visual of something bigger in our world. Yeah. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. And so there, there's a great, and I told this story at a good work event. There's a great short story by Tolkien called Leaf by Niggle, where this painter, he's oh. he's got this vision. He's, you know, like, look where we're at at the Katy Trail. He has this huge vision of sure. of trees and colors and uh, cornfield. <laughs> yeah, I think it's corn over there. <laughs> beautiful yeah, yeah, hills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's got this beautiful the vision. Pastoral. And he starts, he starts painting it. And he starts with a leaf. And he starts that leaf over there. And then he gets distracted. I think something happens that pulls him away from the painting. He never returns to the painting. Um, and then later in the story, he arrives at this scene. And forgive me, I can't remember if this story, if this was like an afterlife moment or if, or if this was just like he was at a nature setting. But he arrives in this scene where he sees the vision he had imagined. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is my painting. But I only, I only completed the leaf. But oh my gosh, this is it. And so the, the, the great kind of call out that you can make in that story is that when we, make, when we work uh, for something bigger than ourselves, when we participate in this story that's bigger than ourselves, we might only get a leaf out. Yeah. Right? right? right. Because first of all, it's not our story. Second of all, we're just a piece of it, yeah. but we're a contributor to it. Oh, that's cool. And so yeah. even though he only got out of, off a leaf, he can be confident that there really is a tree. Right. Even oh, though I, I he did the best he could with that. Leaf, I didn't see you know? the tree. Yeah. I didn't see the whole visual, but I contributed to that leaf. And I know the hope is there really is. a Yeah. Tree. It sounds like Tolkien. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. Sweet. You know who would agree with all this is um, Mike Rowe. You know, yes. Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs guy. Yeah. 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 yeah he has this, his company is Micro works. And um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he gives out so much. He's such a generous guy. He gives out so much money to scholarships to per- particular like vocational schools and like trade schools and stuff because it's like 
you know, where where the, where you're mentioning like you're painting just one leaf. Well, that can be um, translated to like a plumber who fixes one toilet. You know, and it's Absolutely. like, and it's like, well, fix it to the best of your ability, do the best that you can, and you're contributing and you're serving your neighbor in yeah. that way. Like, you know, like just because, even if the person isn't isn't appreciative, or even doesn't recognize it, or even if you don't recognize it while you're doing it, do what you do vocationally to the best of your ability, yeah. regardless. Don't don't cut corners. Because I tell you, know? you what, there'd be people down. I know people down in Haiti that would be super passionate at the prospects of adding a toilet. Yeah, in their wow. they don't even have not, that luxury. Not just yes. in their home, in their community. Sheesh, oh, man, that is. <laughs> I believe it. So, though. So, like, so things like that yeah. are life changing, mm-hmm. right? And I, I know people that that uh, there's an organization uh, also local that I partner with, and they work throughout Haiti as well. And one of their big projects is uh, is toilets, mm-hmm. installing toilets for communities to share because it's life changing. Yeah, when you talk about like. Sanitation, uh, like, uh, yeah, cholera, yeah. And things, things uh-huh. that run through water that can, it will always keep people sick mm-hmm. when you have that. And so the just the magic of uh, plumbing of facilities <laughs> for that is life changing. And yeah. so it's hard for us to think like that because everyone's got one. And even if you have a crappy home, you've got a toilet. yeah, you've got you've got you know somewhere I mean? to flush. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, it's funny, you know that uh, that Tolkien example you gave. You thought of Mike Rowe, but first person I thought of was Jacob Crado, which is one of our partners <laughs> who yeah. was very much into, uh, you know, seeing seeing the intricacy and beauty and design in nature Philosophy as well. Major. Ph- he's very ph- yeah. philosophical. <laughs> okay, got it. And so it seemed like, man, that seems like something way up his alley. And I love, I've, I don't think I've ever even heard that analogy before or that short story. I recognize story. it only because really my cool. wife is smarter than me and reads more than me <laughs> and she loves Tolkien. So right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard her talk about it before. Right. You know, um, something that you said too way earlier, I'm going to way throw us back, but you said you have a company called Kaleo Coaching. What is What does Kaleo mean? Yeah, so Kaleo is a word uh, that we would probably translate. It's a Greek word that we would probably translate to being called out. Okay. Oh, okay. Or either be invite, invited into something or being called out. Um, so in our, our language, we, we hear the word calling, like what's my calling? Oh and yeah. So it would be kind of that comparable word in Greek. Um, and so, and so it's almost like I'm using a play on words because I think traditionally, and this was for my story, um, when you're called to something, we kind of sit back and we make a decision and we say, yes, that's what I'm called to over there. That's what I'm going to go get. But what I've learned um, is that as you move throughout your uh, as you move throughout your adulthood, and as you participate in different things, uh, your calling sh- is shaped and clarifies um, as you go. Calling is is probably more a looking back than it is a looking forward. And so, as you look back and you say, "Oh my gosh, yes, I was shaped this way," and "Holy cow, there was this," and "Oh yes." The few years I spent there, that clarified that that's not for me or that clarified that I'm passionate about this. I'm going to keep moving forward. It's a new decision based on new information and new experiences, and, and I'm going to keep moving forward. And then it's like, holy cow, I, I, I'm living my calling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before so it's you know time. it. Yeah. And so people in their 20s and 30s, we're not living our calling. We're, we're sh- our calling is being shaped, right? Gotcha. There's a great book by Cal Newport, who's one of my favorite people. Um, he's actually, I was so depressed when I learned he was my age 
because it made me because it because after I read his book, I was envisioning this like eighty year old sage, like a wizard. Yeah, like on a big leather chair with a yeah. pipe and and then I look him up and I'm like, holy cow, the dude's my age. What have I accomplished in life? Uh, but, hey, Timothy, don't let him uh, dislike you for your youth or whatever that verse is. Right. You know? yeah, <laughs> don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. Oh, there it is. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> so, uh, so the book is called. Uh, so good they can't ignore you. Oh, oh! I've been recommended uh, that, this book before. That I yeah. recommend to that it. too. So consider this a consider this a spiritual moment. This is the multiple times you've been recommending this book. All right, go read the book. Okay, I find. So <laughs> one of, one of the things that he he uh, that's kind of the general point that he makes mm-hmm. in this book. But he says there's two different mindsets. There's a, a craftsman mindset, and there's another mindset. I can't remember the term he uses, but essentially. Uh, the the craftsman mindset is the mindset that moves forward and actually starts doing things. They they identify a skill they're good in and they hone in on it. Oh, and so wow. he points out people like like a Steve Jobs or sure. these famous musicians. And he says, you may look at these people and say, oh my gosh, they're living their dream. Why can't I be that? I just want to live yeah. my dream. Ah, yes. But whenever you learn their story, I'm rolling my eyes right now. Whenever yeah. they, <laughs> whenever you learn their story, you realize the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours that they've spent honing a very yeah. unique, yes. specific craft in misery in many uh-huh. cases, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, yeah, and so, so he goes out and he interviews a lot of people and he highlights a lot of stories of of these big names that's like, oh, they're just living their dream. It's like, no, no, no. They're in their calling because of the time they spent honing a craft, learning what they have to offer, and then identifying ways that they can put that out. And that's a multi-year, maybe a multi-decade process. Sure. It's not something that they sat back in college and said, this is what I'm called to. And as soon as they graduate, they like slide right into it. Like, yeah. I'm in my calling now. Yeah. That's you know the truth. I mean? <laughs> right. Any 20 something year old who talks like that yep. is going right. to have a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's not to discourage them. I don't say that to discourage them, uh, but to, but to try to throw out there that, that most of the time that does not happen. That's not the way it plays out. So back to the point about calling it's much more of a looking back than it is a looking forward. That's so cool. And so good way to think about it. A lot of my coaching is, is about, uh, so I use that Kaleo that you're being invited into something bigger. Ah, so what's invited. your what's your calling? Uh, it's almost a trick question because whenever I'm coaching a lot of high schoolers okay. this time of year, so a lot of my response is, "You're not going to know your calling right now. Yeah, you're going to have some things that you love. You're going to have some things that you you you're passionate about. Right. Things that you're good at, but things don't necessarily like. At. And, and <laughs> you, you, you yes. might even have like a job that you want. Yeah, which is great. Pursue it. It's not to discourage you from pursuing those things, but it's to encourage you to say that most of the clarity happens when you move, when mm-hmm. you do things. Yeah, yeah. So if you think that's what you want to do, get after it. And it's either going to affirm that or it's going to make you realize that I am actually want this over here. And, and so it's the yeah. movement. The people that get stuck are the people that sit back and they refuse to pick up a broom because they say, well, I'm not called to do that. Ah, yeah. That's when people get stuck and they get frustrated and they get stressed. And yeah. And they make other people frustrated. And they make other people frustrated yes. and other people stressed. Yeah. And, uh, because I've heard plenty of that as well. And, and, it's, and it's, uh, it's just one of those life things that, hey, you think somebody's going to 
stop what they're doing uh, while they're on their hustle sure. to hand you something. Um, first of all, that's unlikely to happen. Uh, yeah. But second of all, if you want clarity, uh, clarity doesn't come with sitting still. No, I, I can't remember who said it or where I heard it, but I, it always stuck with me that mosquitoes are born in stagnant water. Which is like a like a philosophical kind of little conjecture to be like, yeah, it is true. It's like to say, hey, They're biting me right now, right? <laughs> yeah, we're near some still water, but uh, that always kind of stuck out to me. Like, if you want to start becoming a parasite, then hold still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let everything that's else a, build up around you. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting analogy. <laughs> so you know, the question this has got to lead me to then is because you're passionate about this. Were you always, or did you kind of? find that this was your calling looking back on Dan Vincent's life. Like, did you, like, I know you, you, you kind of mentioned it, like, you know, I have to go to seminary and I have to do this and then, you know, and then that's how my life will work out. But like, is there any person group of persons or situations you can remember in your past that was like, made you realize like, I'm passionate about helping other people kind of find, you know, where, like find their calling but not necessarily encouraging them just to like, you know, follow your dreams. Like, you know, yeah. like modern American society, especially yeah. likes to tell you to do. What are some things or what is the big thing that you can remember that kind of like turned you onto this? Yeah. So in, in the middle of my travels, I, I, I listed off all those cities that I'd lived in or, or countries um, for a period. And all of that was ministry related. And, and so I kind of was on this hopscotch of different, uh, ministry roles <laughs> hopscotch and, and yeah i mean i went from tennessee to brazil right. to buffalo paints right? of did you find image. that was that fulfilling as you did it or were you kind of yeah. like no, missing something or no so here's the thing those those were all powerful experiences okay yeah and, right and not I, mistakes right? no i would not those call them mistakes steps. at all they're important steps right uh, because again i was pursuing my calling right and so things evolved and things changed and i got kicked in the groin several times and I got literally I got beat up and and uh, emotionally and yeah. um and I got you know went through hardship and I was in situations where I wasn't making hardly any money and I was in situations sure. where uh where I wasn't I wasn't hired it at, by the church but they wanted me to be these kind of part-time to three-quarter time role oh, and, man. and so it was one of those things and and finally so a lot of those things shaped the way I am today, sure. But it was because of that I landed in the corporate world, and um, because w one of my roles required me to be bivocational, which simply means that I have a, a a role that pays the majority of my salary because this particular ministry couldn't afford to pay me okay. only part time, and so it was in that scenario where I sat down. It was two thousand and nine. I sat down in a cubicle at a corporate bank after having gone to seminary, spent time overseas, spending time as in pastoral roles. Yeah, serving in the church. Yeah. And, and I sit down in this cubicle and I put on a headset and I had been out of the country during the 08 crash. So I was pretty oh. unfamiliar with what was going on. So you came into on. quite the so I came situation. In, I came in and I learned that my job is to connect with people that are about to lose their homes. Oh, wow. And help them avoid oh, foreclosure. Man. And That's so heavy. I was doing this 40 some hours a week and being a part time pastor. 
And so, and so it was real. So I had this moment where I, I mean, this is the first time I thought this way. I said, this is not what I'm called to. Like, I'm not called for this. And so throughout those three years in Buffalo, and it was a great friend of mine who I was working with and for, um, uh, you know, his, we're all, we're friends. Not, I haven't really kept in contact with him since I moved back. Um, but it wasn't necessarily hard because of who I was working with. It was just the scenario that really woke me up and made me start to, it led me to start to think differently. Like, this isn't what I'm called to. And I really had no desire to just throw out resumes for any random church. All my, all those ministry opportunities were all relationship based. I went to Nashville because the guy who started a church was my mentor growing up as my teenage years. I went oh, to wow. Brazil. Funny how that works. I went to Brazil because it was uh, my in-laws. My wife is Brazilian, and so we went to serve uh, their ministry down in southern Brazil. I came to Buffalo because it was a friend who I had worked with in the past. So I had made all these moves based on a relationship as opposed to like, hi, I'm going to apply for this job. Right. Sure, I'll Putting move. yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, I'll move to New Mexico for this church. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I wasn't interested in that. And so because of that, I really came at a crossroads. And I was like, well, for the foreseeable future, I'm a bank associate. And I'm like doing this church job that ideally would have been full time, but wasn't. And so Man. is that and, like a was that like a, a preaching position? Because I know churches have all sorts no, of it was positions. A, it was a I was the family pastor. And so okay. it was a brand new church. So building all the children's ministry and youth ministry. Oh, up, wow. And, That's and, a lot. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, I was on a rotation where I would, you know, I would get to preach, you know, once a quarter or so. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but the primary role was uh, as the family pastor meeting with, with sure. parents and, and building up. The, those kinds of ministries. So if you're familiar with the church life, you know what, you know, you, you've dropped your kids off or you've served in the kids ministry. And so, um, so yeah, I just had this new, uh, I, just, I had this frustration, this depression, um, you know, looking back, my wife and I always think like, man, we should have gone through counseling during those years because yeah, really, you know, leaving <laughs> Brazil, yeah. going through what we did. I get it. <laughs> you say your wife is Brazilian. Yeah. She's from Brazil. Okay. Yes. Wow. Heck of a cook. I know we kind of touched on that earlier, but like at the Good Work event, yes, she, she and her little crew, they did all the cooking at, and it was so her crazy crew, good. her her little crew was uh, primarily her sister. Wow. Who, oh, who lives in so Franklin, runs in the family who runs who lives in Franklin, <laughs> Tennessee, and oh, yeah. she also does catering events for uh, for like songwriters. And Holy cow, that man! So good. It was so my wife goes there to so help good. her with catering. Wow. Events. So we invited. So you're her. like trying to return the favor. Well, I mean, my <laughs> wife paid her to come up here. And, <laughs> okay, that's great. You know, I mean, it's, wow. It was, I mean, it so was. So like, we ate too much. So you went to Brazil. <laughs> you went to Brazil after you were married, though. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I went to that's Brazil. Cool. I had been to Brazil multiple times okay. as a teenager and gotcha. young adult. Gotcha. And, um, but we moved there as mm -hmm. a family uh, already married. Yep. Yeah. My third did child you, was born down there. Were you near you where her family Three. is, or is her family here? Uh, her parents are still in Brazil. Okay. Her siblings are are mostly in the states. She has gotcha. one. She has one brother that's still wow. In Brazil. Wow, that's so fascinating. Yeah. It really is. So yeah, I had this moment, and then there was something that. Uh, so as I was part of the church staff, and so I still participated in like staff meetings, um, and so we the staff brought in a disc certified 
uh, consultant or coach. I don't know what he called himself. DISC and, certified. And so we all took the DISC assessment, which I don't know if you've heard of. No. It's a personality assessment. Um, it kind of classifies you based on, you know, four categories, mm-hmm. D-I-S-C. Um, are you, you know, dominance, influence, sure. oh. steadiness, or conscientiousness. I got you. I got you. Interesting. And so you kind of, based on how you take the assessment, you're like, oh, I'm, typically you'll hear people say, I'm a high and then whatever letter they are. Sure. Oh. And then their secondary Or it's like, what's letter. the other test? It's Enneagram. Like, Enneagram, yeah. yeah. Enneagram's kind of yeah. the fad Is right now. Is that similar? Yeah. I hear people uh, all the time. They're like, I'm a, no. that's my eight coming out. And I'm like, oh, that's my, I don't care coming out. Yeah, Is that I, legitimate <laughs> even? <laughs> I, I, I would not say it's similar to DISC. Okay. Uh, it, you know, they're measuring different things. Oh, DISC okay. is measuring those traditional four cornerstones of personality. Sure. Of are you people-centered or... Are you people oriented or task oriented? Yeah. Are you extroverted or introverted? Oh, and so I it's see. kind of measuring yeah. those things based those on. Those tenants have been around a little longer than Enneagram. <laughs> I think. Well, Enneagram, I so. <laughs> Enneagram has an interesting background. It has a long, like a longer history. Than oh, it does it really? Think. Okay. Uh, but I'm not a, I'm not an expert in the Enneagram, so I don't want to speak to the Enneagram um, other than. Uh, I could speak to why I prefer strengths over sure. both of those. That's right. Chris and I will just keep throwing it under the bus. No, yeah. Right. yeah, do it. Do it. It's, it's a good way to kind of rub the people. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we could talk about the Enneagram if you want because I have some interesting opinions. We, and, we don't have to talk and, about it. Believe it or not, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Moving along then. I would love to talk about it. Maybe not in this, though. I'm but. perfectly fine not talking about it. But I took I took disc and we went through as a staff. So I and so for me it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, the personality assessment, and I was enthralled. I was like, oh my gosh, it it, get, it shined this new awareness about myself. What were you? Um, I was a high S. So I've taken it twice. What is uh-huh. S? High SC. The first time I took it, and the okay. second time I took it was a high CS. What are those again? Essentially, steadiness is the S, and conscientiousness is the C. Okay. So essentially what that means is that I enjoy routine and predictability. Oh, I and, and process. <laughs> Talk about language. Process. <laughs> yes. So high D would be kind of those larger personalities, uh-huh. uh, overcoming obstacles, probably running over people in their wake. Uh, high Ooh. eyes are those social butterflies or influencing they enjoy people. They need to be around people. Yeah, I they're get really, that. They're probably good communicators, and they're probably good at influencing people. Uh, and so I'm high high SC or high CS, uh, very low D, um, and uh, and so that's in the that kind of the disc format. Sure. Yeah, anyways, that experience cool. was amazing for me. It was amazing yeah. for me. And then I took Strengths Finder for the first time soon after that. Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder, which is another assessment that measures talent. And, um, and so as opposed to just personality. So this is, this is measuring your, your patterns of thinking and feeling and behaving, uh, not just this personality category, but, uh, but how do you think and what are the motives behind it? And, uh, that's cool how specialized it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's, uh, it's been around for a couple decades now, 24 million plus people have taken the assessment talking about strengths now. Yeah. And, um, and so I became fascinated with it and took the assessment, got my results. I didn't really work with a coach formally, although I was very much in a coaching relationship during that time. And I essentially uh, just started getting this whole new perspective on work and on ministry 
and on, you know, this story that I wanted so desperately to be a part of, um, in the, in the form of like a leader, like I wanted to lead out in these things. And, and I, and and in my mind, it was the, the way you do that is by becoming a pastor. And so it really challenged myself to say, to, to ask myself, like, is that the only way to do that? And so, and so I spent, so we decided to move back. Um, my time in Buffalo ended, we moved back and I was still with corporate America um, and I spent several years just kind of fleshing this out and, and kind of this, this passion for coaching started growing and I started, I started kind of coaching people in my job as best I could, as much as my role would allow me to. Um, and then I had an opportunity to lead Kids Against Hunger. I was invited to come, you know, take on as director. And I thought this is a perfect shift. And so with that new capacity going from highly micromanaged corporate world to self-employed nonprofit leader, I had this whole new capacity in my life. I went and got certified by Gallup as a strengths coach, and 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 I said, and and I'd kind of come across this concept of Kaleo and building others up to the good work they're called to. So I created Kaleo Coaching in, in 2017, and um, and started just throwing myself out there to say, yeah, I lead this nonprofit, but I'm also a coach, and whether I'm working with a nonprofit or working with school districts through the CAPS program or You're kind of coaching all along the way. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. Really. I, I just start, you know, started to get, you know. So do you take on like individual clients then for the coaching? Yes. And I know you said you're this time of year you're focusing on high schoolers a lot. Do you do all ages, walks of life, really anybody? Or? Yeah, I, I would, certainly. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of a lot of what I'm particularly passionate about kind of leads me to that younger age group. Sure. Kind of that, that Cal Newport book I mentioned, that – you know, helping people understand like this craftsman mindset versus this. Um, and forgive me, I can't remember the other mindset he he calls it, but maybe he calls it the dreamer mindset. The destroyers. But, but essentially <laughs> that mindset that says I'm going to hone a craft and I'm going to uh-huh. be engaged in something uh-huh. versus, Driven. Yeah. versus that mindset that says I'm only going to do what I'm called to. And if I'm not called to it, I'm not going to do nothing. it. doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. The a, I, I can't recall, but go find that book if you're listening and, and find out what that other mindset is. Uh, maybe it'll come to me as, as we're talking here, but it was a great book that helped me clarify a lot. Right. Where um, is Kids Against Hunger based? So Kids Against Hunger is based out of St. Charles. Our, our satellite is. The, 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 the headquarters is based out of Omaha. Um, okay. But we're in St. Charles area. Okay. Uh, we have a space inside Mid Rivers Mall um, where we facilitate food packing events. Uh, we're starting to kick back up. Is that where we were? That's where we were. Yeah, that's where we were. Yeah, yeah, right? you were yeah, in yeah. our space. Part of yeah, the yeah. Caps we went, uh, yeah, we spoke at Caps with with uh, Dan Tripp. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the space we facilitated uh-huh. a lot of events. Cool. And um, but since COVID, I had to step back as that being uh-huh. my vocational role. Ah, uh, as, a, as a lot of people, and and I decided to pivot uh, a little bit preemptively just to avoid the unknown, like what could happen if I try to burn through this. And so I was uh, able to join a company as an onboarding coach. And so I'm working with a company right now, uh, built out an onboarding program and coaching new hires that come through yeah. their, their company. Um, and so, and so now nice. I'm in a, now I'm in a position where uh, I'm in a company, I'm in back in this corporate life, uh, working as a coach, and then Kaleo is still. I'm still interacted sure. with Kaleo and 
and trying to build that up so um, so that I can kind of keep doing what I'm doing with this coaching. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's so, a long way to yeah, answer the question. No, no, no. It's, what are you doing Honestly, now? you kind of just, <laughs> just answered like several questions along the way, which is great. So I'll shift gears a little bit um, to sort of the more businessy side of things, I guess, because this we, we really want to get to kind of the heart of of the people that we talk to in terms of their business. Um, and, a, you know, the legalistic way to look at it is like, write down on paper, what are your three core values of your like business, you know, or like write down, what are your, what is, what is your like operating agreement, you know? Ah, so in yes. no uncertain terms, what for Kaleo coaching or for Dan Vincent, which are kind of one of the same since you're sure. your own entity, what are some of your like core values that you try to always strive for with every client, with every interaction, you know, like, to give you some examples, like Big Forest, you know, one of ours is to be um, genuine, you know, or one of ours is to be, uh, you know, purveyors of the three-act three structure, right? you know, bringing back the original tenets of storytelling of the hero's journey of the beginning, a middle, and an end, and everything we do, even if it doesn't come out, obviously, just to strive to make a complete product no matter what. Yeah, that's great. And I love your all's passion around uh, that Joseph Campbell narrative. Thank oh, you. Yes. Thank you um, very much. If you remember my brother who's, who is the, the, the Marine. Marine. The Marine, yeah. Right. Um, he's a big fan of, he introduced me to Joseph Campbell. And, okay. Oh, sweet. And the hero Excellent. with a thousand faces. And, yeah. And that's yep. a great, um, I love that. Hero's awesome journey. resource. Yeah, very good resource. A lot of people don't realize how much that resource has influenced a lot of everything, everything. <laughs> from Star yes. Wars to Lord and Rain. oddly Lord enough, Rain. if a story, if you can call it that, doesn't have that, people don't like it. Exactly, that's <laughs> right. Know? Exactly, it you feels know, incomplete. You know, it feels shallow. Somehow. There's an important thing about storytelling: is leave the leave the audience wanting, but leave them fulfilled. Right? Like sometimes people will leave. The audience wanting, just not needing. wanting, right? Not needing, and uh, th- th- you'll find that filled out so often. You know, ah oh, man, I want to see what happens next. That's different than I need to know what happens next, or I need to know what happened to understand the. I ending. don't get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think we've had Jordan. And I could go on and on about that, but I'm mean, not a different not, podcast, right? That's like a whole different topic <laughs> that exists, though. But that that concept <laughs> translates very well into many facets and many different directions, especially yeah. for coaching. Yeah, I know. I was just going to tie it right. in. I think yeah. that for Kaleo, yeah. I can see tremendous opportunity where you know lending yourself to that narrative like and yes, we were talking a little bit before we started recording is that we all go through our one two three act structures in yes. life but to think that your whole life is just one big one two and then three would be incorrect it's actually multiple arcs happening at multiple times yeah, sometimes simultaneously different seasons of a show you had a one two three dan of traveling trying to you know kind of chasing down your calling rather than like yeah following it in a way yeah. And then you found yourself in a cubicle and then you realize, oh my gosh, I'm sitting right here, dead center of act two of this arc. And I didn't even realize it because here I am at a fork in the road where the hero in the hero's journey can either choose option A and move forward. You fill in the blank, save the village, fight the dragon, overcome his, you know, his, his bullet wound, his stab wound, whatever. Or option B, give up, go home. And everybody loses, you know, yeah. and you chose the, you know, the former. Yeah. So it's like you kind of find yourself in these parts of your story arc when you don't even realize Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that, and that's one of the reasons I say that 
calling is more of a looking backwards because it's yeah, I love so, that. That's it's so, so cool. hard to recognize that in the moment mm-hmm. unless you have a guide in your life. Yeah, you need a Gandalf. Unless you have, <laughs> unless you have, and, and so the, the word we would use in our day is community. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Unless you have community. Right. Yes. Unless you have which s- is a big tenant of a big forest as well. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Unless you have somebody in your life to point those things out. Right. Um I uh you know, it's going to be so much harder. That doesn't mean you can't and you won't. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be harder. Yeah. Um but uh So core values for co- Kaleo coaching, yeah, sorry, to get back I to think, that. I think no, right. I think one of them and, and some of these are just core values of coaching to begin with sure. in terms of how any good coach would approach coaching and the first one is that is that the the understanding that people are capable okay people people are capable now here's what i don't mean for all the people that are listening that have grown up in the church and that have gone to seminary and that want to say no 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 no, but for all have sinned and sure i get all that that doesn't mean that that's untrue Mm -hmm. um because i would i would acknowledge that uh, the, the point that I'm trying to make by saying that people are capable is that there is something that you are supposed to be reflecting. Oh, okay. And there is something that you are supposed to be visually and practically representing in your life. And, and so there's something special and unique about you. And if you would just have, to use the words that... Uh, uh, a man named Jesus would use in the New Testament. If you would just have the eyes to see, then then maybe you could recognize that. And so wow. that first value is that people are capable. So no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter how depressed you are, somehow somewhere inside of you is this capability to make a good decision, um, to utilize a skill or yeah. a talent, which kind of leads into a secondary value is that everybody has talent. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I love strengths over a lot of these other assessments, Enneagram or DISC or sure. Myers-Briggs or the colors or whatever assessment right. you want to find. I love strengths because, one, it's measuring talent, so it's a little bit unique. Uh, but the way they define talent is a pattern of thinking, feeling, and behaving that's okay. productively applied. So that so that might be yeah. that might be like a, this approaching your world with an orderly mentality like sure oh my gosh i I don't like chaos i've got to work through structure yeah they're really great at applying structure and adding structure when it's needed or it could be more of an influencing talent like i love breaking the ice with new people i'm really good at at kind of casting these ideas that people tend to follow Um, or like a what i would say a dan trip somebody who's just really good at coming up with new ideas they see two different things you know like a steve jobs like you see back in the 80s this huge desktop computer and then this phone on our wall who would have ever ever thought like hey what if we could combine these two yeah, things sure and they yeah. could be the same unit kind of right yeah. and so it's that kind of like idea guy idea yeah. guy and so in clifton strengths language it's called ideation it's being able to look at two things that are that are seemingly different but it it spurs a new idea right so the second kind of value that first value is that people are capable that doesn't mean that people aren't uh, aren't naturally prone to be selfish and make mistakes. Yeah. I, I think those are true at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but at the, at its core, people are capable. Um, second, people have talent. Everybody has talent. And sometimes it takes process. And, and that's why I love coaching, because sometimes it takes process and it takes failure and it takes successes to awaken yourself to that, sure. right? But once you're awakened to it, you, you're like, all right, we're at a whole new ballgame now. 
you're capable, you're talented. And then for me, the big thing for me is that uh, you're participating in something bigger sure than yourself Absolutely. and that goes back yeah. to that leaf by niggle story mm-hmm. like yeah you you think you're just a heating and ac guy you think you're just going and tuning ah. up people's acs see the bigger picture but yeah. you're not really yeah you're engaging in people's homes and you're impacting the environment with which they live and you have the opportunity to make a, an impact mm-hmm. um not just with the skill of a heating and air conditioner but with your interaction yeah with yes. your ability to to help and yeah. how well you deliver the product. And, and how, how well you deliver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm speaking of, of a guy, I'm thinking of a very specific person right now, one of my favorite people in St. Charles, who's as passionate about St. Charles as anybody. And uh, he's in Frenchtown. And uh, he's one of the most passionate people I know who has a very high understanding that his work is contributing to a story bigger than himself. So cool. Who's Sounds this? like someone we need to have on the podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Liber Heating and Air. Uh, he was at the Good Work event. Okay. And, and I tell you, he, oh. he, he very, had he not been coming back from a mission trip on that weekend, yeah. he very well could have been uh, on that panel, Q&A panel. Sure. Oh, very cool. Uh, uh, but I, I like to use him as an example because yeah. he's a great, you know, just hardworking guy who's built, he started a business yeah. a long time ago. He's built his business. And, um, and, but he has this awareness that I'm not just working. You're serving yeah. There's something at the ultimate, bigger. at There's the bottom, yeah. Bigger. yeah, yeah. Greater and so cause. that's another value is to help people uh, realize that, that you've been invited into something bigger. So It's cool. not your story, but you're a contributor. Mm-hmm. You're, right? you're a leaf in the picture. You're drawing a leaf or you're, right. contri- you're contributing the corn stalk or you're contributing the Katy Trail or, or you're contributing to something and you might not get to see the whole picture in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. But because of the hope that I have, um, there is the picture. It does really That's exist. That's awesome. Do you know the, the group Colony House, the artists, the music no, artists? No, no, no. So Jordan actually turned me on to these guys. Uh, they've got this line that like just stuck with me in one of their songs. And it says, maybe I'm a part of something bigger than me. Like I'm a page in a book in a library. And yeah. That like, oh yeah. Oh man, that's just kind of like, like three levels bigger. Yeah, yeah I, like, love, I love that lyric. Like it's I'm at so this, good, and this, and right? This. And like it's, yeah. And it's it's important. It's a key component in the greater uh, construct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so it's such an important thing to recognize who you are and where you fit in. It's hard to recognize because it requires humility. It does. It requires yeah. this kind of, and this goes back to some more New Testament. Which we concept. all are in very short supply. Yeah, yeah. Well, it goes back to these New Testament <laughs> concepts of you know that for those who have the eyes to see, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there but you for go. those that are willing to consider the least above themselves, right? There it is. The ones who are going to sit on the floor and let somebody else take the chair. Uh, it, it, it takes that kind. And if you're unwilling to approach life in that manner, I think you're setting yourself up mm-hmm. for a hellish life. Yeah. And so, uh, and so again, in, in my coaching, a lot of that's coming from my worldview, but it, even if people don't share my worldview, I think those concepts are still challenging. Uh, it's applicable across the board. It's for those sure. concepts yeah. are still yeah. challenging Absolutely. to say, Hey, yeah. I do believe you're capable. I believe you have talent. Here's a great tool to help us put language to what that talent looks like. Because that's all StrengthsFinder is. Yeah. It's a tool to help put a really great language 
to, to describe it, right? Yeah. Excellent. You right. know you know it's there, but you ask the average Joe, hey, tell me what you're best at. Like, oh, uh, well, I'm really good. Uh, I'm good at video I mean? games. But yeah, most, yeah. People, <laughs> most people struggle with putting sports? the language. really just speaking for myself. So that's, oh. <laughs> so that's where that tool comes in, in handy because it gives that great language to help you understand it. And then when you're working with that, that confidence that you're capable and this awareness of how you're good, now we got something to work with. Yeah. yeah. Now let's talk about where what's your immediate environment? What are the needs around you? What are you particularly passionate about? What if we merged all these things together? What does that look like? And along the way, let's do some stuff. Absolutely. Like yeah. pick up a job at Good News and brew some beer and learn about somebody else's Heck yeah. Vision. yeah. Help with the pizza. Even if you're only there for six months. Yeah. You're you're rubbing shoulders with a guy like Dan and the other workers here and, and being a part of this mission, it's gonna clarify something for you oh big time so i'm gonna move yeah. on to this and i'm gonna serve here yeah. and i'm gonna work here and and my time here might be temporary more and more people are only with a job for a few years before they leave yeah that's sure. kind of the new norm especially these days yeah. Yeah, yeah right but they're all clarifying processes pretty soon you're gonna look backwards and you'll be like oh my gosh right, I, it, right. it's clear it's clearing yeah. up for me i love it so yeah. let's talk about let's talk about community and environment you've been all over the place but you you consider this place home um missouri St. Charles County, St. Louis County. What do you consider valuable in in this area as opposed to other places you've lived? Because you have a unique perspective having yeah. traveled a lot. Even out of the country. But, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we love about this area is how how important a sense of community and neighborliness and belonging is here. And I choose to believe, and I, and I do believe, that um, I think that there's a certain grit that comes with the people that are around this part of you know, obviously I'm speaking as an American here and, yeah. and you know, but it's the Missouri um, clay. It's That's... a Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just there as far as we're concerned as a company as big Forest, but also just as Chris and Jordan, you know, if you were to ask me where the best people in the world come from, I'd say right here, you know, right. and I, you know, obviously my definition of what makes people great is subjective, but I just, I think that there is something that lends itself to people being super passionate about what they do. Uh, that comes from kind of maybe being raised here or even traveling outside of here and coming back to here. But a lot of people consider this place home or coming back home as you do. And I know that you, you're a big fan of the area and also smaller businesses. And on previous episodes, we've talked about it with many other guests, including the one right before this here at Defiance, we were talking with Dan Tripp about how much he loves the Defiance area, you know, and how much he loved to bring something new to Northern O'Fallon, you know, and serve their community. Do you find any advantages to being in this part of the country versus disadvantages being in Midwest? And, and I just want to know, like, how do you feel about people around here in general? Yeah, well, when, when I think of advantages, I think of like logistical and cost advantages. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a pretty businessman. Lo- sure, as a business, obviously owner, a pretty low yeah. cost of living. Yeah, good it's, economy. It's it's consistently has some of the lower cost of gasoline and the rest than the rest of the country. Yes, um, housing and, rates great. Yeah, yeah, and so when you think of of those types of things, certainly those play a, there's a, obvi- a big part. Absolutely, yeah. access part. to other parts of the country. Right. I mean, what you can get to L.A. in like what five hours. Yeah, in just, New York, is that right? Run across. I New mean, York? I think LA is probably more like twelve, but maybe fifteen. Oh, well. <laughs> how you drive? But if you were to leave from <laughs> New York, it's yeah. going to be quite a bit of yeah, a difference. Yeah, exactly. We are in like the center of the country. So geogra- I assume you mean flying. 
Correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was like picturing this car. I knew, no, I knew no, no, you no. were picturing driving. I was, I was like, no, no. Get there. you can get there in about Some four people, and a half. Yeah. The planes like, are no still way, flying to pi- yes, despite yes. Uh, are they? <laughs> despite what you think. Um, uh, but fine. yeah, obviously there's geographical advantages. There's, there's cost of living advantages um, that remain pretty consistent that I, I think even since I was a teenager, they're probably still true. And I, I'm not smart enough to know exactly why all of that is. Um, from a people perspective, I probably, I, I hope I don't have a disappointing opinion. Uh-oh. No such thing. Um, I feel upset, but let <laughs> me first say, let me first say, I love it here. And, and I have friends here and families here that have known me since I was in middle school. Right. And, and in fact, there's some families that I still go over to their house and I've been going over to the house since I was in eighth and ninth grade. Wow. And they're just some of the most generous, kindest people. And and I, I consider myself, I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world because I have some close friends since high school and middle school. And now they're some of my best friends to this day. And Can't our, kid, our kids our kids are growing up together. <laughs> yeah. And That's so, cool, dude. And, and we're going on vacations together. And our kids are roughly the same age. So I'm very, very fortunate. Um, I will say being outside of the country and outside of this region has opened my eyes to oh. other areas. Yeah. Um, and and I think having a Brazilian wife probably helps me see this. Um, but it would be interesting. If you, meet, if you meet somebody outside of the country, this is a great question to ask them. Um, I'd love to have someone on. That'd be yeah. cool. We, we went to a very diverse college other than that. Yeah. yeah. Lindenwood was. Yeah. Because what I'll packed. say is... The experience of some of my international friends, okay, one of whom I'm ma- married to, another <laughs> whom is my best friend, okay, um, uh, who also lives here in oh, okay. Midwest, um, uh, and I, I'll connect you to him if you want somebody. He, he'd be a great guy. I'd to, love to. to talk to. Sure. Um, uh, the Midwestern culture can definitely be. Uh, it can be a ho- culture that's hard to build community mm-hmm. for people. Um, I don't disagree. By the way, I was uh, I've got a thought on that. For it can sure. be hard to build yeah. community, especially yes. if you're not from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe primarily if you're not from here. I'd though. like to hear more on that. And so I've it seems always more foreign to me. And so I, I've so in Brazil, Brazil's very much a hugging culture. Yeah. <laughs> U.S. in general is a, a, a handshake culture. Yeah. Brazil operates by people. We operate by the clock by our schedules, right? That's true. Generally speaking. And so when you talk to a Brazilian, you're definitely talking to the other extreme. Yeah. Right. Where they, you know, you, I love you, it. you come home from work, you pull in your garage door and the garage door immediately closes. Right. Oh, like that I kind see. of like that. Yeah. Uh, that would be rude. You know what I mean? It's almost kind of like, what's their problem? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my former mentor, I mentioned, I, I worked with him in Nashville for a few years I remember he made a comment when I was a teenager after he would, he spent eight or nine years here as a pastor. And I remember him making a comment that in the eight or nine years he, were, he was here as a pastor, I think he had one or two families that invited him over for dinner. Whoa. And so I think, I think in this culture, it's harder for people to open their homes up and bring people in ah. because I think that's our place of security. And it's kind of like, property and it's ours and it's our safe space and sure it's very hard i, I could see it's, that. it's hard to bring new people in it might not be hard to bring your best friend in but it's hard to bring new people in okay brazil yep. Bra- now brazil's another extreme they're not that way at all 
uh, I once, when I moved to Brazil, I had a guy say, hey, would you like me to take you around town and show you around a town? I was mostly familiar with the town anyway, but it was mainly to build a relationship. I was like, sure. yeah, let's go. And we stopped by four different places. And I kid you not, I had four different meals that day. I believe it. Uh, you, you walk in the door, Yum. these apartments, they're not necessarily kept up nice places. Uh, it was people's homes and it was in the middle of the day sure. and they weren't expecting it. And so right. they were yeah, they still in their dust house. every surface. Exactly. Yeah. But when we came in, we sat down. Oh my gosh, there's a cake. When yeah. did you have time to make a cake? <laughs> and oh my gosh, the coffee's go. going. Oh my gosh, yeah. this uh, coffee's going. Great. And so yeah. it's that kind of culture where the door is always open. The f- they're always going to give you their best food yeah. and attention. Best and foot forward. Best yeah. foot forward. And I, I don't think that's true here. I think that's hard for people here with new people. Not with like, there's community here. Community exists. Okay. I see what you know you're what saying. I mean? Yeah. I, I live in that community. I have that community. Yeah. But for new people, even for me, it's hard. It's uh-huh. hard. And so my wife really leads out in a lot of that because she's really strong in hospitality and uh-huh. and she's you know the she's, big tenant of ours is hospitality. So she's Absolutely. very she's very highly sensitive to those kinds of sure. things. So she really identifies it more uh, more clearly than I could identify it. And then whenever I hear someone like that with that kind of perspective speak to it, not necessarily about here specifically, but just generally, whenever she's in those environments, um, uh, it's things that I don't identify on my own okay it's like, yeah oh yeah i see what yeah. you're saying because I, I i know your context so i get that that's how you yeah experience this context so i lived in buffalo new york for a few years and oh, my wife <laughs> my wife really identified with buffalo new york Whoa. i like buffalo They're, really because it is a hard working it is a hard place to live yeah it a is a hard place to live we got our first winter there we got over three feet of snow overnight. In one night, it went from no snow to over three feet of snow. Yep. <laughs> in one freaking That's night. crazy. And it didn't stop snowing for days. Yeah. Like, it's just constant uh, snow downfall. And so Here it's it a very depressing place to live. Alcoholism is <laughs> very high. Oh, wow. And when you're in these neighborhoods, and we were in a very old neighborhood. Our house was 100 years old. So it was this yeah. old school Buffalo neighborhood. You are in it together. And so when you're out shoveling, you're out, you're out at, I was out at five in the morning, every morning shoveling with my neighbors. And so it was this, we're in it together attitude. In the trench together. In the trench together. And so Buffalo was, uh, we experienced Buffalo as much more open because you have to be in it together. You can't afford to try to go at it alone because it's hard. Emotionally, it's hard. Physically, it's hard uh, because it takes a toll on you. Wow. Shuffling snow all that, along. That's really so cool. That, yeah. Those kinds of things impact yeah. the culture. And yes. so our three years there, we loved it there. In fact, we told ourselves when we had the opportunity to move back here, we told ourselves the longer we stay here, the harder it's going to be to leave. Mm-hmm. Because we really liked it there. Yep. Um, uh, there was just other reasons that we thought, hey, it's time to kind of come back to this location. Right. But we, it wasn't because we didn't love Buffalo. And I'll tell you about people at Buffalo, the people I experienced, uh, they are so passionate about their town. They love it. Uh, some of them can be a little bit insecure because of the I way. I hear a lot of pride for Buffalo, New York. Well, because of the yeah, way that pe- the way that outsiders look at Buffalo, they're very conscientious of like, mm-hmm. do people think Buffalo sucks? Do people <laughs> think this is a horrible? And, I don't and know why we would think that. Yeah. My perspective of them, the outside was like, no, we love Buffalo. Yeah, that, but they're, I think they're so proud. We experienced some relationships where people would be. I mean, like, people think of New York; they think of New York City. 
You That's know, so they're true. like, Correct. Western, huge. Western New York's totally different. Or it's, Northern New York, even. It's beautiful. I've been up in the Catskills, yeah. peak fall season. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. Loved it. And, and in fact, I was like, I would completely live here. And I'm a strong, you know, lover of the Midwest. Yeah. But I do, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that oh. there's not community in that there's not great people. Well, sure. I, I, I mean, mean, it begs the question, what did bring you back here? Yeah. Because obviously you love these other places, which is great. And I love right. getting their perspective. And I have some thoughts on it for sure. But what? why did you come back to the um, Midwest, to Missouri? Uh, we So we spent four years, uh, 12 hours or more away from immediate family between yeah. Brazil and Buffalo. And my sister has some siblings that were closer to here than they were to Buffalo. They're not here locally. Um, and, uh, and, and I was just kind of, I was, I was kind of running into that moment of like, this isn't what I'm called to. I don't see things changing here. And, and, and coupled with that, it would be nice to be closer to family for a little bit. We spent some years, we built our family. We had all of our kids away from home. Um, and so we were just, uh, you know, a lot of it was coming from me, uh, but it was one of those things where I kind of brought it to my wife. And the more we talked about it, I said, we have an opportunity, we can do this. And so the opportunity came up. And so, uh, I was with, cause I was with a corporation, I was able to just make a clean transfer and so right. I just wow. right. laterally That's, transferred yeah. and, um, and just kind of spent the next couple of years just debriefing my experience. Right. Like, what, what do I need? What's my next pivot? Is it ministry? And I was still open to that. It was it, like, I wasn't, I'm not shutting down pastoral roles. That's not my intent. And I wasn't even closing those doors for my own life. I probably still wouldn't close those doors for my own life. It was just like, I'm making a pivot mentally and how I approach things like work and how I approach things like calling and, uh, and, and clarifying what does good work look like? What does that mean? And so uh, spent the next few years here, our first few years back, Gaining more clarity, looking backwards a whole yep, lot. Always looking backwards a <laughs> yeah. lot, and then that Kids Against Hunger opportunity came up, and I thought that's the perfect pivot. Okay, I'm pivot there, and uh, and um, and so then this year with COVID, like many other people, I made another pivot, and uh, this time there's I just have more more clarity and more focus on what I'm doing, and so with age and experience comes those opportunities where you might look at me and be like, oh well, Dan's living the dream. You know, Dan's living his dream. Like, I don't well, look up from my own computer often enough to think that of anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing I'm doing more of what I love today. Yeah. But to say it's exactly where I, I want to be, no, I'm not exactly where I want to be. And to say that I just like graduated college and said, oh, I'm living the dream, it's it's a, not true at all. There's a story. There's an act right. one. Yeah. There's an act There's two. There's a narrative. There's an act two. And then an act Sometimes two, your act two overlaps kicked. with an act three of another yeah. arc, though. Yeah. That's right. So I want to speak. I have to speak a little bit, too, obviously, because I talked to the Midwest all this, and then you just bash the heck out of it. Thanks a lot, I hope, <laughs> I hope you don't v. receive it as that. I do not. I do not. <laughs> I have said this on other episodes, uh, and we've talked to a couple other guests who have been like, I don't really think my location has anything to do with my success. Right, you know? right. Um, it's really just like I work hard. Byproduct. I do yeah, think that there's that. a big I think I see both extremes here kind of intermixed. I see and this is just me talking, I see certain communities within just Missouri, but especially in the Midwest, that are much more like 
come in, I'll put on a pot of chili, <laughs> you know, and like we'll eat and, and come into my home. And we as a company have tried to do that in the past. Absolutely. We have done it in the past where it's like other film companies will have a whole separate service, you know, craft services that serve food and everything. We'd rather put up the talent in our spare bedroom, you know, and home make a meal and have like a potluck, you know, it's a very Midwestern thing. Yeah, potlucks everywhere. Absolutely. You know, I also see the opposite though, like you said, where we here i don't know what i don't know what breeds it and that's part of the purpose of this podcast and our company is to try and get to the bottom of it i do think having all four seasons in one day sometimes definitely has i hear that's a motorcycle oh ladies baby. and gentlemen not a gun there's a biker bar <laughs> down out. the street um <laughs> i do defiance. think that you mentioned the snowfall in buffalo i do think that environment plays a role in it i do think that being kind of equidistant from all these like more media coverage heavy places in in america like chicago new york city la san francisco miami you know even like austin texas you know like places that get more coverage and more press but not necessarily are better living um i think that all those factors kind of play into us being naturally just kind of like hardened around here in the Midwest. And I do see it that we kind of have this like stiff upper lip mentality of like, I can do it myself, Mm. you know? Yeah. And sometimes that causes a lot of people to fail. Actually, my philosophy is more often than not, it causes a lot of people to fail in there. What they think is their calling. I'm doing air quotes of their calling. Like I can do this myself. I don't need any help because I'm the best at it. And the second you think that you're the best at something or better yet that you have nothing more to learn in some area and like no one else can contribute to what you you know no one else could give you advice you've already lost the game you know and i think i see that a lot around here with people who want to start their own thing or you know they just can't wait to get out of here i can't wait to get out of here and go to la and make it big well we know a lot of people who did that and they had nothing lined up and unfortunately they're now doing nothing in the film industry and it's really sad yeah and it's like no, you probably should have applied yourself and probably should have talked to people that you know know more than you. You're just not willing to admit it. And I see kind of a kind of a like a dichotomy there where there are the Midwesterners who you know, you talk about this all the time, Chris. We're called the show me state. And that really comes from like, show me you're a good person first, and then I'll treat you like a good person. It's true. But sometimes <laughs> that kind of sucks because right. you're not willing to let that person show you they're a good person in the yeah, first place, you yeah. know? And I think that it kind of, there's an ebb and flow. And what I hope that we can do, we can help do, because Lord knows, you know, we can't do it all ourselves, but is that we can shed light on the fact that there are so many small businesses like yourself, owners, entrepreneurs, people who want to start new businesses that could benefit from being more communal, like a Brazilian, you know? Yeah. And and that's one of the great things that makes America what it is, is how many different walks of life and from all over the world just flood into this country all the time because we have free opportunity, you know, and we want we want that. Yeah. The second you take even an inkling of that diversity away, we lose who we are. And I truly believe that. And Missouri alone even has a huge Italian scene, yeah. Dogtown. We have a huge Irish scene. We have a huge Italian scene. You know, like no, a huge French scene. Our sister city is is um, New Orleans. You know, it's like we need that diversity yeah. in those Saint different Charles walks was of life. Founded lies. by the French, right? It's, yes, it's it was. Right. As was St. Louis. You're my cat. Hence, French town. Exactly. Hey, slow down. <laughs> you know, Lewis and Clark set out from here and discovered how right. vast this continent really is. There's you a know? lot to and, love here, and there's a lot to love. But with that also comes like sort of a sense of 
like pride in ownership, like you mentioned, you know, where I'm not going to let you into my home until you prove yourself to me. And, and I you know? think it's not, I think another, another option that, that it could be is, is not just the difficulty, not just the, like what we put on other people. Yeah. Okay. Um, like you're not who I think you should be. So you're right. not meeting my expectations right. before you're not coming in. Um, but I think there's a struggle to make sure that we have it all together. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where, this is my kind of personal struggle. And so this is where I think I identify with this region. Cause I do think it is kind of a regional thing, not to say that others don't experience oh, it. Oh yeah, sure, of course. But I do think there is almost this superficiality sounds harsh. I don't, oh. I don't mean it to sound harsh, but this kind of, I got it together yeah. kind of thing. Uh, facade. And, and, and it's terrifying the thought of somebody seeing that I don't really have it all together is terrifying. And therefore, I'm going to do all that I can to make sure that that doesn't exist. And that's that's me. Like, I struggle with that. That, I, that is I absolutely feel me. feel dude. Yeah. And so when I struggle with and my lack of hospitality is rooted in that mentality. Right. Sure. And so I'm blessed that I'm married to the other extreme. Yes. Who <laughs> sure. is Beauty of marriage. this, you know, this explosion of hospitality right even if there's dirty laundry on the floor come on in yeah it's like this is my home and in Uh brazil you stop by you don't have to call ahead you just stop by i I love that dude that's uh, how i am i love we had our way that's how it would be (laughs) yeah in the business world though yeah right i think that other businesses need to talk to other businesses here and i do believe that we are actually all connected yeah you know the roots at the roots (laughs) underground and roots doesn't roots has a kind of a you know, a twofold it's meaning. A bit like of a one, symbolism. Yeah. yeah. One, it's unseen. I think it is unseen. Right. It's underground. And while you might not look at good news, you know, or you might not look at, say, like the St. Charles General Store on Main Street and think, oh, they're collaborating with all these other people. Once you go in and you get to know them, oh my gosh, these owners know all these other people. Mm-hmm. And wow, the idea to start this business actually came from my cousin who lives in Winsville, which yeah. is a true story, by the way. And like, it's unseen, but also roots is what trees in the forest you know to keep going with the plant analogy stay standing that's how they stay standing that's where they draw their nutrients from you know and i do think that we have a common understanding and a common goal of wanting our community to succeed together not just me 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 the people that are me 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 get ostracized pretty quick around yeah i mean it's like the christian analogy of we are members of one another right you know you you bring up steve jobs it's like yeah good for him but like geez you know i mean obviously not anymore (laughs) (laughs) r.i.p but like you think of like you know, you name it. It's like, okay, good for them. They made it that far. But like the Midwestern mentality is automatically thinking, yeah, but who do they step on on the way? Yeah. You know, yeah. like we want, I want to see Dan Tripp succeed as much as I want to see Dan Vincent succeed as much as I want to see David yeah. Weglar succeed. You right. Know? Everybody. That's a little bit of the, the heart behind the good work event. Yeah. Was yeah. I wanted people to not only hear people's stories of that. What was that decision-making process? Right. And how did you get the clarity you have now on your quote unquote calling? Uh, but also so that people could see like, holy cow, like Carissa, she's a nonprofit leader in St. Charles County and she's started this nonprofit. Now she's working for this nonprofit and she's well-versed in terms of how the county operates and how to, how to engage through nonprofit businesses. And holy cow, this guy, he's a heating and air conditioning guy. And I didn't even realize he was in Frenchtown. 
holy cow, this person is right yep. here. And holy cow, this person. People aren't willing to look. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was not, yeah. not just to bring them together to tell their stories, but to bring them together to say that this is the type of good work. Because the thing that was common among all of them, they were all, di- they were, there was both male and female. There was all different ages on that panel. Yep. Yep. And right. There were all different types of businesses and industries. Absolutely. And, and the, but the one thing in common is they all had that high sense of calling of, I'm drawing a leaf. Yep. They all had the awareness of, all I'm doing is drawing a leaf, but my, I know that there's the picture. I know the full picture exists. It's not my story. I'm just participating in it. I'm just over here drawing my leaf because as a university professor, I'm just drawing my leaf as a financial coach, helping young people change their lives financially. I'm just drawing my leaf as a Marine as a major in the Marine Corps, or actually he's a lieutenant colonel now. He's been promoted wow. since. As a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps, I'm I'm not just leading young Marines. I'm I'm leading and influencing people's lives. The, yeah. the way I'm shaping the way they interact Fantastic. with their spouses and their future their jobs. And, 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 yeah. Their enemies. Even. Community. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so and, and he, by the way, will be back in St. Charles in a, in several years whenever he retires. And you will very much get to know him. All right, through, that's Lord great. willing through Kaleo coaching. That'd be great. Love um, to hear more. Whenever you talk to me about how gifted he is in terms yeah. of, yeah, that's he, I mean, if not through Kaleo coaching, speaker. if not through Kaleo coaching through his own means, right? But again, he it's going to be a high impact uh, individual impacting St. Charles County. Uh, you know, he he, he has this high understanding that I'm drawing a leaf. And, yeah. and I'm going to make an impact. By the way, I love that it's drawing a Purpose. leaf as a company called Big Forest. It just yeah. like helps. There you go. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a reading assignment. Very and I feel brand. like I need to reread it just so I can get all the details straight. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but Leaf by Niggle. Go read right. that short leaf story. By I'm absolutely going to read that. You know, we need to wind down here pretty soon. It's just terrible because I just want to keep talking to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> this can go is on such, on. A, such a great conversation. It's always good to be, you know in talks with you and kind of hear your perspective on life and everything. And it's really cool to be here to talk about good works at good news brewery in beautiful defiance, Missouri. We got the sunset coming in. We got a nice, can you hear the cicadas starting hear the cicada? up at the end of Dude, summer. That's a nostalgic sound for me. Yeah, I know oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's visceral, man. It's so cool. So I just wanted to thank you also for being on the show. I mean, Jordan may have some, some further thoughts to kind of close on here, but, uh, just thank you so much for, for taking the time to be a part of this and, and driving from O'Fallon down here to Defiance. And you got a great vision. And I think a lot of people listening can probably be very inspired by what you have to offer, what you have to say. So so appreciate your time, man. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate you, you both. I, I wish we could just spend more time together each week. Keep uh, oh, we will. We'll make it happen. But, uh, just meet us here. But I love the fact. <laughs> but you know what? That's the way it goes. We connect. Yeah. We gather. We build each other up. And then we, yeah. we kind of we disperse. disperse. Yes. And so there's this consistent gathering and scattering and mm-hmm. gathering, gathering and scattering. And, yep. and so we're, we're just not gathering it quite as frequently as we need to, but maybe, uh, yeah. maybe we'll hit a time where we can gather more frequently. Yeah. But sometimes that's that'd not great. the case and that's okay. Yeah. That'd uh, be what great, it is. man. But, but when we're gathered, we're building each other up. To that yeah. I love that. To. Filled up, man. Filling yeah. each other. It, yeah. it, it's, it's really quite motivating. So. So how can people get a hold of you, a Kaleo coaching yeah, or, can, or even you said you're technically doing coaching right now, but yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm coaching, uh, with a company, uh, local company, but I'm, I'm also still doing Kaleo coaching. Great. Okay. Uh, great. Kaleocoaching.com is a great 
a great way to uh, learn more about what I've been up to with coaching. That's Kaleo uh, with a K. Kaleo with a K. K-A-L-E-O. Uh, you can email me at dan at kaleocoaching.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm probably most active on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, oh, really? Dan Vincent. Um, uh, you can find me and, and uh, like I said, coaching mostly this time of year, working mostly through the CAPS program. Sure. Uh, but uh, this fall and next spring, we'll be launching some programs for some uh, some special opportunities for some individual coaching. Great. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me. Um, because I'm, I'm certainly passionate to, uh, about helping people walk through this process because uh, you need a guide. Absolutely. You, you guide. do. Let yeah. Dan be that guide. Yeah. Or let him connect you even right. to or somebody. Connect you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. you know, and to absolutely. the listener too, you know, Dan Vincent is every bit as dashing as, <laughs> as, <laughs> as he, he sounds. sounds. Yeah, if you want proof, go to our, our uh, <laughs> Any last advice you would give to someone in the business world, you know, who is wanting to start maybe their own company, start their own thing, or in your terms, um, needs to maybe pivot or look back, or maybe isn't super happy with what they thought sure. their calling was. Identify yeah. a calling. I, I would encourage them to say, don't be so discouraged that you freeze. Um, and, and if that means you have to find somebody to talk to, find that person to talk to. But don't lose the momentum. Don't lose the action. Get involved. Stay involved with something. And get good at asking questions. Um, another great book called A More Beautiful Question um, specifies that the best innovators are the ones that ask the best questions. And so another great book to learn how to ask, how to come up with really good questions. But don't be discouraged. Keep moving forward. Uh, if you have an opportunity to pivot out of a situation, like if a situation is just that depressing that you've got to eject immediately, um, obviously there could be scenarios where you have to do that. But uh, if you see an opportunity to pivot, do so. But stay involved with, with community so people can speak into that process with you. Um, and ask good questions. Learn to ask good questions. So what, what, what would it look like if I did this? What if I could do this? What if I could do this? How could I do this? And so those questions will transition from, from why, like why, is li why does life suck? Why am I here? <laughs> to what if? Or uh -huh. what, what if it looks different? Well, what if I was doing what I loved? To how? Well, how can I get here? And so those why, what if, how? And, uh, and, and so I think... Learning to ask good questions is humbling because it postures you in a position that I don't have the answers and maybe some other right. people need to speak mm -hmm. in this. And so that right there is a great first step. Um, and then and then uh, it allows you to keep making decisions. So don't ever sit back and say, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm not called to that. Nobody wants yeah. to do that. Go do right. it. Right. Do it for three months. Do it for a year. Yeah. Do it and see what happens at the end of that. You don't know if you don't try. That's right. And nobody says you're going to be there for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. It's going to clarify something yeah. for you. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's right. And if you don't do it, uh, then you're going to lose out on that clarity. Awesome. I love it. Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, yeah Dan. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to Connected at the Roots, a Big Forest podcast. Our guest today was Dan Vincent. To find out more about Dan, go to kaleocoaching.com. That's K-A-L-E-O coaching.com. Or follow him on social media. 
Dan also welcomes your email at dan at kaleocoaching.com. Again, we cannot recommend reaching out to this man enough. His advice and experience are beyond any value, and his approach is very personal, welcoming, and friendly. I feel like I learned at least 10 new things just interviewing him. (laughs) That's so true. I agree. We definitely left feeling a little more intelligent after speaking with him, and that's true every time we talk to him. Yeah, that is true. Not just the interview. Yeah. Um, and that's also true pretty much anytime we talk to anyone. <laughs> Not yeah, saying much no for kidding. us. <laughs> Thanks again so much for listening. It means a lot to us. Please like us. Um, and I don't just mean me and Chris. I mean the podcast. <laughs> Please like, like us. You can, I don't care if you actually like us. But uh, <laughs> also give us a review and talk about why you like or dislike us. And follow Connected at the Roots on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Also, feel free to reach out by emailing jordan at bigforest.pictures with questions, requests, or even just to make suggestions. We're always open to that. Chris, thanks for your help. Well, you're quite welcome. Also, if you want to be on the show or know of a business owner that ought to be, please let us know in the comments or email Jordan. That's right. I'll answer begrudgingly. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. We actually want more people on this show. Anyway, until next time, keep being kind and keep working hard. <laughs>